Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Walk Fearlessly podcast. Today is a podcast that's a little bit different than how we've been doing them lately. You see, due to a perfect storm of holiday rush and the beginning of a new year, Emily and I found ourselves in a little bit of a dilemma. We were going to have a gap. A week without a guest to come and share their stories with us, to share with you what life has offered them and how they got through it. And so we brainstormed. We prayed. We looked for inspiration, the same inspiration that led us to the new format, to seek what would be beneficial to put out there into the universe, what would be helpful to our listeners. Emily finally cornered me with what she thought this podcast should be about. And while it put me directly in the hot seat, I can't say I hadn't been being led in the same direction, even while trying to talk myself out of it. We ask our guests to be vulnerable. And this time, I guess I get to be vulnerable. And hopefully you won't think I'm completely insane by the end of it. Tonight, I want to talk to you about walking with grief. It's a walk everyone will at some point have to travel. Now, the journey looks different for everyone who must traverse it, but I will try to share some of my journey today in the hope that it might help someone else along the way. Today, I'm going to take off my interviewer, podcaster, life coach, Technicolor hat, and I'm simply going to tell you a story. I had limited exposure with the raw reality of loss up until May of 2021. I had lost grandparents, an aunt, an uncle, a few acquaintances, childhood pets, and even a baby 16 weeks into pregnancy. Each of these were hard in their own way, but beginning in May of 2021, I would begin to really walk with grief. I often tell people that I won the in-law lottery. As a young mom in playgroups, I would often listen to stories of difficult in-laws and husbands' mothers that drove them crazy, and I never knew what that was like. Jason's mom was my mom, too, from the first moment I met her. She never made me feel like anything but one of the family. She was sweet and loving. She flew to Utah to be with me in some really rocky moments when I needed a mom. And I loved her so much. She was the mom that was supposed to outlive everyone else. She, was always, she always seemed healthy and full of life. And she caught COVID-19. She tested positive on a Friday afternoon, and nine days later on Mother's Day, she passed away. September rolled around. I could see my dog beginning to slow down as he approached 13 years old. He was a staple of our family. We had had him longer than our youngest kid. My first dog is an adult. Best friends to my children and valiant protector of all the babies that came through my daycare, he would take up his post lying in front of them so the bigger kids wouldn't accidentally step on them when they had tummy time and floor time. One Sunday morning, as I went to let him out, he collapsed on the kitchen floor and my heart sank. I knew the day I had been dreading was here. An ER visit resulted in a diagnosis. Liver cancer was spreading into his stomach cavity and leaching blood everywhere. It was time to say goodbye. November came, and as Thanksgiving approached, my mom called a family meeting. After years of mental and physical health battles, she let us know that she was terminal. It would be considered a miracle if she lived out the next year. 
her time was running out. For 15 years, I had spent every Tuesday with my mom. My sister and I had cared for her over the years. We'd waited through heart surgeries, held her through seizures, took her to all of her appointments when her mental health necessitated the interference of the state. Despite all her struggles, no one ever loved me quite like my mom. Even in her darkest moments, she always found enough light to be my greatest champion and cheerleader. She always wanted to hear, again, the stories that I would repeat about my children, about my dog, about my new dog, about all the things that were happening in my life. Then, on June 26th of 22, I would miss the passing of my mom by three minutes. Nearing her home to take my turn on the night duty, my sister called to let me know that my mom was gone. My heart that had been slowly cracking under the pressure of each new loss felt shattered by the last. Grief was overwhelming. And grief as a mother? There's so much extra pressure. I felt the weight of helping my children and my spouse through their own grief journeys. Now God knows me very well. And he knows that I learn in pictures and in words. If I can see it, if I can read it, I can learn it. And I noticed that he gave me a new picture. Not too long after my mom was laid to rest and the initial buzz of estate settling was done, a new picture entered my mind to encapsulate this new constant companion of mine. Grief materialized for me in the form of a mangy street dog, unwashed and stinking hair fallen out by the chunks, emaciated and flea-ridden, grief began to stalk the edge of my consciousness, given this form in my mind. He was unpredictable, crying one moment and trying to bite anyone who came close to him the next. He was enraged and so very afraid, and he was repulsive, this embodiment of grief. I wanted nothing to do with this mangy rescue. I wanted to run and to flee and to not ever have to turn and face grief. And yet, every time grief made an appearance, I felt God whisper the question to my heart, what will you do with a street dog in need? Oh, I hated that question. Oh, how I hated the lesson God was trying to give me. I wanted to euthanize grief, but deep Somewhere in my shattered heart, there was truth that I knew to be real. To ever heal, grief would have to be embraced, cared for, loved, and transformed by compassion. Emily once told me she heard someone say, grief is the process God gave his children to heal. I didn't want that to be true because grief is brutal. And all I wanted was to go back in time so I didn't have to feel it anymore. But like Dante in the film Coco, this new dog, he wasn't going anywhere. Grief followed my every step. He colored my every interaction. Grief was inconvenient and more than a nuisance. Finally, one day as I sat looking grief in the eye, I whispered to God, Okay, I'll try. From that day forward, I became the caretaker of my grief. When he, when he cried, I cried. When grief wanted to bite and rail, I could tell it. I knew it was because we were both afraid. 
afraid of the very real possibility that Jason and I would have more years on this earth without mothers than we had had with them, a reality many, many face at much younger ages than me. But grief doesn't allow for a hierarchy. There is no totem pole of deserving when grief walks with us. It is the cost of loving. And since love is boundless, in so many ways, so is grief. But every day I tried. I tried to care for that dog that so relentlessly disgusted me, that so repulsed me and made me angry. I tried to offer love. Sometimes I succeeded. Sometimes I did not. I started small. I tried to give it compassion. The same compassion I would if grief were an actual street dog. A dog that was born in ugly circumstances who just needed someone to love him. We began to understand one another. Slowly, painfully, Day by day, I became used to his presence. He became less unpredictable, albeit just as ill-trained. I began to notice as I practiced every day to offer this creature love that his appearance began to change. The street dog's hair grew back. His eyes grew more gentle. Biting became more nudging. The wilder pieces of his nature tamed a bit. I knew that grief and I would never be separated. There would never be a day that he would not be my companion. We were linked. He was created from the loss that was created in love. We were inexplicably linked. I continued to work, walking a few steps forward and then some steps back. But I continue even now to try and offer compassion to this creature. Eventually, after many weeks, after his first arrival, after some therapy and some time, I noticed that grief now wears a collar. Stamped into the leather that encircles his neck are the names of all the people I've lost. And I realize he is the keeper of their memory. I loved them. And I loved him holding all of them in my mind so that I never forget how much I love them or how much they taught me about love. And there is more room on the collar because I know that with each new loss, grief will hold a place for them too. In my prayers and meditations, I often find myself on a proverbial beach, a place of peace where I can connect with God and the divine. Grief accompanies me there. He sits by my side and I actually find comfort in him instead of only anger and tears. This walk of grief is still in its infancy for me. I I don't pretend to have this walk of grief figured out, but what I can say is I am healing and I am walking as fearlessly as I know how. As I wind down the story that you've been listening to, I want to let you know, if you find yourself encompassed by grief, there are resources to help. You don't have to go through this alone. Find a grief group, perhaps a therapist. Talk to a friend or a family member. There is support. And I can tell you, connection after loss is key. For any of you that found yourself nodding, as you find yourself 
walking a similar path of grief. I'm hoping you can find your own metaphorical rescue dog that can help you begin to heal. I want you to remember that you are the hero of your own story. You are brave and amazing. You are so capable. You are so loved. And you are so capable of walking fearlessly.